Welcome to episode 61 of Land the Plane Podcast. Hello once again, everyone. Welcome back to Land the Plane Podcast. My name is Dustin. I'm Jonathan. We're back for episode 61. 61. 61. Jonathan, did you ever think when we first started doing this, we'd make it to episode 61? No. Did you think it'd take three years <laughs> if we did? <laughs> is it just three or is it four? I, oh, is it, it three? Is it four? four? It can't be four. Could be four. I don't know. I don't know. We got to figure it out. But it was about this time. Time of year when we started yeah. recording. Like, it's about this time when we broke forth the, the rhythm and the rhyme. The spooky season. Jonathan mm. doesn't like talking about Halloween because he gets scared. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, you know, Halloween. Actually, I wonder what everybody's thoughts around Halloween are. Like, is it, like, is it, I know you guys like celebrating Halloween. I know your mom is a huge fan of Halloween. Yes. Yes. But I can actually tell you why she's a huge fan of Halloween. Tell me. She likes to murder people. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that's not it at all. She So she decorates. She does go all out. She's always like scary movies. And I've, I, think, I think I shared it here before that one time um, I was always allowed to watch scary movies. Like I just had to cover my eyes at certain points, you know. And I remember after watching Night, Nightmare on Elm Street, I realized I lived on Elm Street. And that was not a good mixture for a young lad, okay, like myself yeah. at the time. Yeah. So, but no, she. So she grew up, and she was part of a large family, and they didn't have a whole lot. So, you know, there was times where even whatever dinner would be, you know, it might just be beans and cornbread every night for a week or something. You know, there just wasn't a lot to go around. A lot of money. There was a lot of kids. Just wasn't the greatest situation. Um, won't go much deeper than that, but Halloween was one of those times every year where they could actually get out and go around and get some candy. You know, when you don't have a lot and you don't ever get candy, where you don't ever get a chance to go to the store and do something, you just you just miss out. You know, we take it for granted probably, but she never got to do that. So Halloween always just became a, a fun time because Christmas wasn't that big a deal either because they didn't have a lot. Um, as far as, you know, like the idea of gift getting and stuff, right. cause I don't, I'm not sure celebrating Jesus' birthday was a big focus point, you know? Um, but you know, so Halloween became special because it was a chance they went out and they got candy and they would try to make that candy last like as long as they could. Yeah. Like they wouldn't just, you know, eat it all first night or anything. Yeah. And so, cause so, so it's just a really special treat. She had a lot of great memories of, of doing that. So she's always wanted to make sure. The kids in the neighborhood had got some candy. I mean, it was that got, simple. Yeah, just and got something. great memories to go along with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Some people you say you shouldn't do it, maybe because it's got monsters and scary things. But you know, I'm gonna go into debate topic about that, yeah. I guess. But I enjoy getting scared every once in a while. I like yeah. creepy. You know, we need the ad- gets the adrenaline you know, going. The a little adrenaline bit. pumping. Now, I don't like it if I'm like sitting on the edge of a cliff and somebody gives you that little fake shove, you know, I'd punch somebody in the face for that. <laughs> but as far as like a scary movie or something, sometimes I enjoy them. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how she got into it so much though. Yeah. I like, 
I like suspenseful movies. Yeah. I don't know about because most of the time it just seems like scary movies to me end up being just kind of cheesy. <clears throat> you just tell know. yourself that so you don't get scared. I I don't know. I mean, I've I've <laughs> watched The Nightmare on Elm Streets and you know some of those, and I just I found myself kind of laughing at them. It's like yeah. it's just you know, it's well, not especially really scary. as they as they went along with some of those movies, and then they get gore. Like yeah. a bunch of gore. I'm not into yeah. gore. Our family's never been about gore. Just a good old-fashioned scare, though. Yeah. But especially like the stuff that seems like it could really happen. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Stuff that involves like demon type yeah, things, too. Yeah, I don't too. do those. Yeah, those are... I don't like those. Yeah. I don't... Mm-mm. Yeah. I have, I have some stories I might share one time. We should do a Halloween we special. Should, we should. I got some stories, too. I can tell some stories. Yeah, I got some stories that'll wig you out. Uh, yeah, I got, I got some. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> we can do that. Let's, you don't want us to do, do that. Demand it on social yes. media. <laughs> tell us. Do it now. We only got like 10 days yeah. before this Halloween. And here, and I just looked up something, and guess what? What? Our, so the night that we're recording this right now. Okay. Tomorrow. Four years Exactly. It's since four our, years. It's four years since our first episode released. Wow. Four years. Yeah. Because we got to remember, I mean, we, we missed like seven months in COVID. That's true. That's true. Yeah. We were up for a while. Yeah. It, time flies when you're having fun, you know? Yeah. You're not talking about COVID anymore, are you? No, I'm talking about <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> it's been four years. I, I wouldn't, I, I, I was, three would have been in my head, but you know, four, that's awesome. Yeah. 2017. So, hey. So if you've not gone back and listened to that very, very first episode, don't. Nah. (laughs) But but hey. um, The quality is good. Like it's well recorded and produced. Yeah, technically it's a a winner. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you know what? God can use even the um, most... I don't even know what the word I was going to use. Unprepared, nervous yeah. podcast. Cause, yeah, because we've changed so much yeah, in four that's years. Right. That's right. Hey, we've had some good guests. We have. So that has helped. Come a long way. Yeah. So, hey. Right, and so, yeah. The show's get, been going great. You know, we're trying to keep up a little bit, but life's a little challenging at times. But uh, mm-hmm. we're going to keep keep doing our best. And thank you all for keeping listening. And, and downloads happening every day. So the show's getting out to people. And that's what's the most important to us. We don't get paid, none of that stuff. We just want to get this these messages, hopefully, out to people. Yep. They can impact them in a positive way. So that's that's our goal yep. here. So I do need to recap real quick before we get into tonight's because we're going to continue the Joseph story. We're we're going to keep going down that path. But last episode, I told everybody I was fixing to go to a disc golf tournament, and I just wanted to kind of fill in everybody how it went because I said I would give a recap because I know y'all have been waiting and you've been excited. So I had some goals going in. Biggest thing was not to be last. I didn't want to be last in my age division. So um, I was playing against other 40-something-year-old amateurs. There was about 17, 18 of us in the, in my division. Yeah. This was a hard course. It was pretty challenging, Jonathan. There was lots of trees, lots of low ceilings. I mean, you can't throw the disc very high because if mm-hmm. you do, you'll hit branches and stuff. And that's not good for a flying disc, by the way. Branches. Yeah. 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 It's really. You don't want to branch out in the. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, anyways, 
<laughs> so we played three rounds in two days, and after the first round, um, it was probably a pretty pretty decent round. Um, and then you played that in the morning, and then we played an afternoon round, and after the afternoon round, so after through two rounds, I was third from the bottom. So I was Ooh. like Ooh. 15 out of 17, something yeah. like that. Ugh. And uh, no, make you nervous. I was somewhere right in there. And I had a couple people real close above me, like I could pass. Mm-hmm. And then the final day, yeah. and excuse my language, but they call it the hellbilly layout. That's <laughs> what they call it because they make it so challenging and difficult. Ooh. And after already playing two rounds on one day, and it was raining some, so third round, I kind of got a little tired, Jonathan. I got to get in shape. You would think you'd need to be in better shape to play three rounds of disc golf in two days, but you do. It's taxing. I lost some of my strength. I could only get it so far. Mm. And I slipped, Jonathan. Mm. But I didn't come in last. There you go. (laughs) I came in next to last. (laughs) (laughs) But there was a pretty good gap between me and the person last. And I was pretty close to the people in front of me. Like, I wasn't yeah. way behind them. Just a couple couple of shots. But most importantly, I had a great time. It was fun. That's cool. Because you were there with your brother. Yep, yep. Yeah. And we had a good time. And Shout out to Jerry. Ate some good food. Oh, yeah. Mountain View's got um, some good food. Oh. Ma- huh? See, Applebee's? I said Mountain View. Oh, he said Applebee's. Said, like, Mountain View's got some good food. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was some good yeah. food. There's a pizza place up there. I know it's weird. I know that's. I know where you, you know went. It? I know where you went. Oh, it, it just you just order it and take it out. Yes, so like you good. walk up to the window and get yes. it and walk off. Yeah, that's it. So good. Did you man. go to the Mexican restaurant? No, it's there close to the square. No, it's, we didn't make it to one. It's Forget good. what we had for dinner the night. Oh, we went up to a, a, a place on the river up there that had like yeah. catfish and stuff. I ate there too. Yeah, it was good too. Yeah, it's good too. Yeah, man. Mm. Gosh. Let's go. Let's go back. If I didn't have to work, I could go do fun things all the time. So if I didn't have to go working for money, if I y'all could don't just spend money, if y'all don't want us to have to work, yeah. and you hear more about these adventures, we need at least a thousand people to send us ten dollars per month. <laughs> <laughs> then we can do that for you. No, uh, I tease, but uh, it was a great time. Learned some things. I've adjusted my throat. So I gotta, I gotta ask. I got to ask, uh-huh. where'd Jerry end up? It was the person right above me. Ah, oh, you yeah. were that close. Yeah, yeah. Actually, well, that's kind of cool. I was ahead of him until that last round, and then he had a stronger round, that last round than I did. So. Yeah. Yep, it was fun. We had a good time. Very cool. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've learned a few things. I can throw it further now than even then. Ooh. I'm telling you, you might be impressed if you went out with me now. 2022. Could be the year of the dander. Yeah. Instead of like the year of the dragon stuff. But it was a great time. <laughs> Had a lot of fun. We need to go back out and play again. That's that's yeah, a lot of fun. It is fun. And if you ever tried it, you need to uh, you need to give it a whirl out there. All right. We better get we we need to jump yep. into this. People are like, All right, it's eleven minutes in. Let's go. Come on. We should put a little timestamp on there. Say if you love our long intros where we talk about life, stay. But if you'd like to skip it, jump to the this mark. <laughs> That's for you, Robert, if you're still listening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So, hey, before we get started, can I say something? Well, um, sure. This is is on topic. 
And um, I just want to say this. I'm not going to go into specifics, but we've we've said before that we want to be somebody that the if you're out there and you want to reach out to us, we'd love to pray for you specifically in ways, mm-hmm. and we'd love to be able to provide you resources potentially if need be, yeah. or if you just need somebody to talk to. And just to say, uh, I just want to acknowledge the fact that we got reached out to over these last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And just say, hey, you know, we're praying for you. Yeah. We Anything are. we do, we're here for you. And any way we can help out, please keep reaching out. And I just wanted to acknowledge that on the show in case that person's listening, just to say, hey, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that has, um, it's kind of shaped some of our thinking uh, in this series, honestly, and some of my thinking through this series. So, yeah. yeah. And there's times when you do stuff like this, you 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 hear things you don't necessarily want to, mm-hmm. because the world can be a tough place. Yeah. And but you also want to be able to help people, and you want to be able to provide that. So, um, if you need it, don't be afraid to reach out to us. Yeah, absolutely. Through instant messaging yeah. and through one of the, the social medias or through email, land the plane today at gmail dot com. We just, if you need that, you can be anonymous, completely anonymous, mm-hmm. and we'll take it from there. So. Just want to share that. I just want to acknowledge it. So. Yeah, yeah. Let's get on to Joseph. Good word. All right. So we find ourselves, uh, or we find Joseph, um, chapter thirty-nine. Um, if you uh, if you want a little extracurricular reading, <laughs> read chapter thirty-eight. Yeah. It is one of the most interesting chapters in the entire Bible. It is. I have no idea why it is placed exactly where it's placed. And I think that's the biggest reason we're not talking about it. Yeah, because it has nothing to do with Joseph. Yeah, it just, there's an extra little chapter <laughs> in there. Joseph's just, older brother, but. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not skipping it because we're afraid of it. No, we're just skipping it because we're skipping it. But it's a, it's a fantastic read. <laughs> it we might, may do it one day. It may I mean, surprise you what, what you it find is a, in there. It's a very interesting story. But there's there are... There are some actually some pretty theological, the, the kinsman or deemer kind of thing. Yeah. That is all wrapped up in there. Um, and and so, and, and just the fact that, that God can use anybody. Because mm-hmm. Judah, mm-hmm, anyway, uh, but he ends up being the tribe from where Jesus comes line from the tribe of Judah. So yeah. anyway, and just interesting a warning, chapter. you may want to read it through yourselves before jumping on that for a kid's devotional. Right yeah. Away. It's not kid friendly. Yeah. Cause some of the, some of the Bible you have to kind of, you need to filter it out a little bit before you, yeah. before you move on. So yeah. it's not all G rated. Yeah. That's correct. Know? Yeah. So. so let's get on to 39 though. What's Joseph now? Yeah. Chapter 39. And, uh, so I'm just going to start reading it. It says, Joseph, uh, now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, uh, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. Uh, the Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that, he was, that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he had to do, that, that he did to succeed in his hands. So uh, Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him, and he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. 
from the time that he made him overseer of his house and, uh, and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessings of the Lord was on all that he had in his house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and, it became, and, he, and because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. And so basically he was sold to this captain of the guard, um, important for us to remember who he is. So he's kind of like the security guard for Pharaoh, captain of the guard. Um, most likely would have been kind of part of the palace grounds, you know, all those kind of things. Um, and we see that that just like, honestly, just like Joseph's life with his dad, that just kind of everything that he did went kind of God blessed it. It went well. He was good at what he did to the point that Potiphar, and, and if you imagine, I mean, Joseph was was basically a, a house prisoner or a slave um, mm-hmm. to Potiphar, but Potiphar basically turned over everything to him. It's like in his fields, in his house, most likely Joseph would have been overseeing other slaves um, in the house, getting things done. He was you know, an administrator, all those kind of things over everything in his house. And it says that he he put it, it put everything in his charge. Um, he had no concern about anything except the food that he ate. It's a pretty good gig. Yeah, and, and it really boils down to... I mean, a pretty good gig for Potiphar, not for yeah. Joseph. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't terrible for Joseph either. I mean, compared, well, yeah. to, compared to where he could have went, you know. Um, yes. Yeah. But in saying that, Joseph, you know, this wasn't like Joseph showed up that day. Potiphar said, "Okay, you're you're head of this stuff." I mean, right. There was a there was a time frame here mm-hmm. where where Joseph had to um, earn the respect of Potiphar, or you know, or be recognized by Potiphar for the, who he was and what he was doing. Yeah. And of course, we don't want to take away God's role in all this or how He was blessing Joseph through this process because He had His ultimate plan in place. But because of the way he made Joseph and who and who Joseph was, his character, he was able to go in there in some adverse conditions, like some not some ideal situation you want to necessarily be in. Yeah. And but still overcome that and yeah. do what he was doing the way he knew how, the best of his ability. Mm-hmm. And it was seen and it was respected and it was rewarded in some ways. Yes. Yeah, and it, you know it's interesting. I hadn't thought about it until until kind of you were just saying that. Um, the, the verse says the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. Did Joseph had a, have a role to play in that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He, he did. And God blessed what he did. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. It's not like, you know, day two. Potiphar's like, well, I like that Joseph guy. I think I'm going to put him in charge of everything. What a good fella. What a, yeah, he's awesome. Um, Let's get more, you know, Hebrew children. Um, and and so he, he, it was a work ethic, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, man, I know in some ways it's like a dirty word nowadays, but he had a good work ethic and God blessed that and others saw that in him. And so ended up, he, you know, I'm not sure that you can say that, as far as slavery and house prison and all those kind of things, that there's a ladder to success. But he kind of climbed the ladder, you know, and ended up being 
in charge of, of everything that was going on in that, you know, in Potiphar's home. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, too, where it says, um, what it would say, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, too. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, it's almost, it's like Potiphar was receiving blessings as well for just yeah. having Joseph in his home. and and But not because he was like a good master or anything necessarily. I don't, I mean, it doesn't sound as if he beat him or you chained him up at nights or anything like that, but more so in the idea of, um, because Joseph's character was so strong and, and Joseph's obeying the Lord and doing things that, you know, doing it to the best of his ability, that mm-hmm. even the people that he was around, he was affecting them yeah, positively, um, even bringing the Lord's blessing on them because of what he was doing, how he was acting in this difficult time. Yeah, And Potiphar, who did not believe in the Lord, mm-hmm. I, don't, I think that's safe to say, right? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, he was an Egyptian. He was part of the... Royal Guard, head of it. I mean, they had plenty of Egyptian gods, their own things that they worshipped and did. So the Lord wouldn't have been on his agenda, you know? Right, right. And so, but to still receive the blessing, I think that's a powerful statement to say, when you go into a position or you go into a place and you do what the Lord's telling you to do and you're following the path that he's put before you and you're doing it as well as you possibly can, it's going to positively affect not just your own life, but the people around that are witnessing it, seeing it, and experiencing it beside you. And I think that's a powerful testimony because so many times we get worried about what we have to say to people. And like, I got to know this, that, this, that, and that scripture and say it all just perfectly right. And so many times it's who we are, our character, what we're doing, how we're acting that yeah. that can influence. Yeah, just do things the right way, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and even for... You know, just all of it, we have jobs. We're out in the community. We're out at, at work, all those kind of things. Um, be a be a blessing to your job. Be mm-hmm. a blessing to your employer. Be a blessing to, you know, maybe the school that you work in, the, the job that you have, all those kind of things. Um, it, I don't think it's too far of a stretch to say, that the Lord will bless those around you as well, you know, if you're yeah. doing things His way, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Um, and and it, this is not a, you know, we're not saying that monetarily blessing and, and all no. those kind of things. Um, there's, there's a billion kinds of different blessings that, that the Lord can give. Yeah, we're definitely not talking about prosperity gospel here. That'd be a negative. Yeah. <laughs> We're definitely talking about a, um, just like you said, you explained it great. There's no reason to even further compound it, but yeah. Uh, when we talk about, there's clearly Joseph was not getting blessed with a fortune. Right. Here, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, still, still and then we find ourselves in, uh, in the latter part of verse six. It says, now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. You know, for some of us, it's it's just a heavy weight to, to bear. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, yeah. Before you make a crack about that heavy yeah. weight. Um, <laughs> all right, says uh, verse 7. So you got to remember that, Joseph. Joseph was a good-looking kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused 
and said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is, he is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Kind of an important part there. Mm-hmm. And he spoke, uh, and, and as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. Yeah, and just to clarify for folks, when she said lie with me, she didn't say let's tell a falsehood to somebody. Right. It was lay down with me. Yeah. 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 Even this chapter isn't G rated. <laughs> no. no, but <clears throat> there's so many different things that can factor into this part of the story. Like, we know Joseph was still relatively young. Yeah. 20-ish, maybe? Is that kind of what we're thinking about? I would say so. We're trying to do like a timeline before the show to try to figure, because the story ends up going over quite a period of time. Yeah. But, and we don't know necessarily how old Potiphar was. You'd think he'd be a more mature man as far as age. Mm -hmm. You know, he'd be older just because of his position and stuff. He wouldn't necessarily be 20 or 21 or 22 or anything like that. He's probably out of power, but we don't know how old his wife was. She could be significantly younger than him. Yeah. Because back in those, I mean, he was an important guy. Yeah. So most likely, I mean, I'm betting he probably got to pick his wife. Probably so. And I'm betting he didn't really get to know much about her um, personality and humor, all yeah. those kind of things before he picked her. Yeah, probably didn't take so, you know long talkative afternoons. Yeah, I'm thinking he he picked out the best looking girl or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just kind of the way it rolled back then. Yeah, and so she propositions Joseph, you know, um, in in his response, you know, he 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 obviously says he says no in that, but I, I'd like. I like how he, his response, though, when he says, because, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he's put everything in my charge. I like this part. I think it's verse, what verse is that? My eyes can't see it from here. Nine. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor is he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. And I think that's a fascinating verse because Joseph in no way is trying to say that he's Potiphar's equal. In the house, like he has as much power and stout as Potiphar does in Potiphar's own house, but he's saying Potiphar's never treated him like he was less of a person. And not even that, like it was Egyptian versus Hebrew, mm-hmm. you know. And, and and most likely Potiphar had every reason to treat him different. Yeah. But even here, Joseph says he's not. He is not greater in this house than I am. Like, I think that's just an interesting thing to say. You know, basically, this house is yours, Joseph. You can do, yeah. you know, because you're in charge. You're taking care you're of in things. in charge, yeah. That's a great level of respect. And then she makes this offer, so. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that he says, um, you know, he's talking about, talking about Potiphar that he's done this and he says how could I do this great wickedness and sin against God Mm -hmm. you know he's not he's not saying I would be sinning against Potiphar 
although he would be, but yep. his concern was not with Potiphar. His concern in this whole thing was, I'm not going to sin against God. Mm-hmm. You know, even though, even though Potiphar was the one right in front of him, and in many ways, Potiphar was the physical manifestation of somebody that could, that could definitely make or break his future. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he was right there. He could touch him. He was right there. But he he wasn't concerned about sinning against him. He was saying, I'm not going to sin against God, my God that I can't even see, my God that, you know, those kind of things. So it's it's an interesting, it's kind of an interesting take on that, that and we're in the same boat. When we sin, yeah, it's it, we can sin against others, but at the end of the day, we got to, we got to kind of rectify that whole, our sins are against God, you know, every one of them. And, and we were talking before the show about this and it's like, man, like 20 year old, 21 year old, maybe a little bit younger than that. Good looking guy has what most likely a very attractive woman. And it's not like dad's going to find out. It's not like anybody, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. he was many, 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 many miles from home. Nobody he knew would ever know about it. Most likely Potiphar would never know about it. Yeah, because it wouldn't be good for his wife for her to admit Yeah, she's to not going to. Yeah, because yeah, he can get rid of her mm-hmm. pretty quickly too, you know. And so, you know, when we're placed into situations where the temptation is the highest and kind of the accountability is the lowest, mm-hmm. like what do we do? You know, who are we at that at that point? Or maybe it's those situations where, you know, either nobody's going to find out or, you know, we kind of water it down as like, well, it's not a big deal or, you know, I, I don't know. It's, um, it's just an interesting when you kind of try to put yourself into that situation, you know, you've got something in front of you that is tempting you that you would, you would want whatever. Um, and let's, let's move it out of the, like the physical, like the sexual realm. Mm-hmm. And what are the things that tempt you? Now, what if you were tempted by those things and you knew nobody's going to find out or even you were you are being put into a situation where you're afraid of the reaction of the person who is putting you into that situation. Because Potiphar's wife would have had um, kind of power over him, you know? I mean, she just has to, to do whatever, and, and Potiphar kicks him out, you know? I mean, so, so there's, I'm sure there was a, an amount of fear there that he would have had going, man, what if I... Like, if I don't do this and she, what is she going to do? What's her reaction? Is she going to try to get me in trouble for something else? She, I mean, man, I might as well just go ahead. I mean, who's going to know? It's not, you know, I mean, all of these things have happened to me already. You know, how can it get much worse? All those kind of things. Um, so the, the amount of, man, I think he showed a lot more character here than, than I think many of us would 
Yeah, or even, you know, just even realize the extent of what he did here because there it was it was there was the easiest way out might have been to say yes to her. Yeah. And to just keep it a secret. I mean that I mean that might have been the like the least dangerous path for him to go down. Yeah. Because he doesn't know what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. And for him to still at that point to say no, and and not just he didn't say, okay, this is gonna sound tacky, but he didn't say no, I don't want to because you're ugly or anything like that. He <laughs> he specifically said, I'm not going to do this because I do not want to sin against the Lord. Mm-hmm. Potiphar, yes, has been good to me, like he said, but I don't want to sin against the Lord because Joseph recognized up until this point what God had been doing for him. And he knew that God had a plan for him in the future. He didn't know what exactly it was, but he knew he was on a path. So at this point to say, I'm not going to screw everything up for a earthly temptation is a pretty powerful moment. And I just, I don't, I don't, I think we take, we may read through this like we do a lot of stuff in the Bible and just say, oh, well, good job, Joseph, you know, and not really yeah. realize how difficult of a decision this was or yeah. how or how much character it took for him to stand up and do do what was right yeah mm. i've i've been tempted way less by you know way <laughs> way um i almost said way uglier things but i'm not i'm not talking about that particular temptation um but just i think we've all been tempted by way less and given in yeah you know, mm-hmm. in all in all kinds of areas, it's just, um, yeah, help us to to have the uh, the convictions that that Joseph had here. All right, so let's move on. Um, so the Bible says, like day after day, she was after him. It this was not a one time thing. Mm-hmm. It was day after day after day. Verse eleven. But one day, yeah, you gotta love it when they start that way. You know, yeah, boom, boom, boom. But one day. When he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was there in the house, she caught him by his garment, etched it up a notch, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. All right, real quick there. I don't know if this was... We've said that Joseph, we believe, was a wise person, mm-hmm. you know, kind of wisdom beyond his ears. I don't know if this was an oversight of going, oh shoot, there's, you know, there's nobody in here, but I'm already in here. Um, or if he, you know, I don't know if it was a wisdom thing or just an oversight or just, you know, whatever, but he found himself in the house alone with her. So it, here's the thing. You might think it's old fashioned. You might think it's, you know, whatever. I don't care. If you are a man, you do not need to be alone with a married woman. If you, Especially if you're married, but even if you're not married. If she's married, you don't need to be alone with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need to have friends. If you're a married man, your friends need to be the same sex you are. You need, you need to have dude friends if you're a woman your friends need to be women um fostering friendships being around being alone with with members of the opposite sex not smart 
not wise, trouble's going to happen. So just just take it from um, this story, <laughs> you know, but just um, I, I could give you example after example of marriages that are no longer there, that have fallen apart because of a simple friendship or some simple less than wise decisions mm. about who people's whose people you know the the friends that people had um so just don't do it, it it's dumb it's not wise uh it's it's very foolish and and honestly just playing with fire so yeah and and I want to add to that a little bit different angle too is you know, Joseph put himself in a position he shouldn't have. He he might have just got comfortable. We say sometimes you just get comfortable in situations where it's your daily norm and that's just what you do. Mm-hmm. But it specifically points out how they were alone. Like the thing that changed that day was there was no one else in the home. Like it was just the two of them. So he was in a in a in a more difficult position he was. And I think we take for granted that sin can get aggressive at times. Yeah. You know, I know that's probably not like a, a real thing, like as far as makes sense, but psychologically, emotionally, all those things, sin can get real aggressive to where um, it, it just feels like it turns up that temptation even more. Mm-hmm. Like it just, just keeps building and keeps building. And when, you um, and, and and Joseph had a little less control in the situation, probably. But when you don't sometimes remove those things, they'll get worse. Mm-hmm. Joseph necessarily couldn't remove Potiphar's wife from his life because he was a slave and he worked for Potiphar. But it just shows you that danger. Yeah, of that when would you, have been an awkward conversation. Yeah, <laughs> when you allow it, you when you allow it to keep happening every day, pretty soon it's going to get more aggressive. Yeah. And I think that's what happened here, you know, and he was more stuck than a lot of people are, but we still have to to make those decisions like Joseph did to say, I got to get out of this situation. Yeah. You know? yeah. I got to, got to remove myself from it. Maybe a little too late right here. Mm-hmm. Probably could have done a little earlier. Um, he didn't necessarily could, but um, he could have made a better decision walking into it. Yeah. And, and I think that's where accountability comes in. Um, true accountability helps you stay out of the sin. It's it's not about finding it out necessarily after the fact. Mm-hmm. True accountability helps you stay away from it, you know? And so if if he had been walking into the house and realized, well, there's nobody else here except that woman. I I I'm going to go f- I'm going to go over here and, you know, take care of this or get some body, hey, you know, whatever, that the the floor needs cleaned, go clean that, you know, and then be in there. Um, that's the same as accountability for us, you know. Somebody that, that we know is going to help us navigate temptations, navigate, you know, things that, that um, are temptations for us. Um, so accountability, a lot of times I think we think about it as being a after the fact thing, you know, that somebody's going to ask us, have you done this or whatever? And that is part of accountability, but we need, we need to build in accountability 
that helps us stay away from the temptation or gives us some some kind of leverage or whatever in the middle of the temptation. Yeah. And and, and Jonathan, you, you tell me if I'm wrong, but you earlier said maybe you're old fashioned, but you know, men shouldn't be friends with women or whatever. You're not saying you're not saying casual friendships, I don't think, because there's ladies in the world that I'm friends with. Right. But it's not a I'm going to go hang out with them. Yeah, I'm not going to go see a movie with them. I'm not going to go. You know. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. Um, I So even working, like working at the church, a lot of the volunteers that I work with are ladies. Mm-hmm. And so whereas if I needed to talk with a volunteer about something or kind of brainstorm something, whatever, um, if it's a guy, I'm, hey, let's meet up for coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, Starbucks, crowded place, all that kind of stuff. With a lady, I'm not doing that. Yeah. You know, um, I may invite three or four and us meet together as a group. You know, might do that, meet after church or, or whatever. Um, but I'm not going to foster friendships. I can have acquaintances, yeah. you know. Uh, even I've had situations where I was... Um, I I had an employee worked for me. I was kind of her direct report, and there was just some discipline issues, those kind of things. Um, and so my boss was like, "Y'all go to lunch, figure this thing out. You need to lay it out for her. You know, this got to end." Um, and I told the lady, "I'll meet you there this time." I called my wife before I went into the restaurant and said, I'm about to go. I had already told her what was going on. I was like, I'm about to go in. Here's, you know, it's this restaurant, et cetera, et cetera. And when I walked out of that restaurant after that lunch meeting, I called my wife and said, all right, we're done. Mm-hmm. You know, um, simply to make sure she knew, Yeah. you know, in case somebody comes along is like, well, I saw Jonathan eating with some woman. Yes, and my wife knows everything about it. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, friendship. I mean, I'm I would consider myself a friend with with your wife. Yeah, um, but I'm not. We're not going to go eat lunch together, right? You know. Yeah. Okay, so it goes on. You know, he said he left the house, but kind of took a. Took a turn. (laughs) Took a turn for the worst here. All right. Um, As soon as she saw that he had left his garments in her hand and he had fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household and said to them, see, he is, um, it's it's funny what she says here. It says, see, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. Who is is she talking about? She's talking about Potiphar. Yeah. Yeah. Look at what my stupid (laughs) husband did. Um, he has brought a, a blamed him. He has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came into me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that, I lifted up my voice and cried out. He left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. Then she laid up his garment uh, by her until his master came home. And she told him the very same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us blames him again came in to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. All right. Just a bold-faced lie. Got him in trouble. Mm -hmm. Trying to get him in trouble anyway. 
Yeah. Kind yeah. of a worst case scenario. It is, but that's what sin does to you. You know, yeah. if you let it linger around too long, it's eventually going to. Yeah. And he didn't even sin. Yeah. He was innocent. She sinned because mm-hmm. she lied and she propositioned, yeah, propositioned him, sort of. Um, so, I mean, uh, he didn't show wisdom, maybe, but yeah, he didn't even, he didn't do anything. Yeah. It makes me think he didn't really do anything to deserve his brothers throwing him in a pit either. No. You know, was he why, you know, I mean, there's some discussion around how he treated them, that kind of thing, but nothing to, he didn't do anything to deserve getting sold into slavery. No. You know, and here he didn't do anything to deserve getting you know, blamed for something he didn't just apparently didn't being do. too good looking. <laughs> yeah, it's a <laughs> it was his fault. <laughs> yeah, it's a burden we have to bear. <laughs> and that, yeah, that's the thing. He's 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 trying to do everything right. He really is. I mean, from what we can hear, there's a lot of things. Because even back with being sold, one of the things that irritated his brothers was the fact that they weren't doing their job. He would go tell dad, you know, and because he was. And being held accountable, he was wanting to hold them accountable to getting done what was supposed to be done. And just like even here in Potiphar's house, I mean, he was accountable to taking care of the place the way that he felt. I mean, he had great pride, I guess, in that and and, and doing what was right. Um, it was a big desire. And now here again, sin is stepping in, getting in the way. And, and I have trouble sometimes, Jonathan, too, with this story because I want to be careful that we're not just talking to men here to say, hey, men, be careful with temptation of women. Because yeah. that's, that's, that's not about that. It's, no. it's about sin itself and its role in your life, man or woman. Um, and like I said, it, it doesn't have to be sexual things that we talked about earlier, but it can be anything that just is putting itself between you and what God wants you to do, what his plan is for you. And that's, what, that's where she was definitely trying to get in the way. Yep. All right, here we go. So, uh, verse 19, as soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, uh, this is the way your servant treated me. And notice again, your servant treated me. His anger was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, uh, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. All right, so... I have just in reading through the like reading some different things, listening to some different things um, by people that are a lot smarter than me over this chapter. A couple of people have pointed out some possibilities. Okay, one of them, if you if you know, like if you look at who Potiphar was, he was kind of the king's, the head of the palace guard kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So he would have been. You know, it, most likely at least in the palace area, kind of part of the palace, you know, maybe right outside the palace, that kind of thing. It, in the compound, maybe, you know, kind of kind of speak. Um, where does he put Joseph? Like, What prison does he put him in? Kings. The king's prison. Okay. And so to think about this, this is not... I, I know when I was growing up, I would think like in the dungeon, you know, you see movies and stuff, um, 
especially like England and, you know, it's people are in dungeons down in the dirt, shackled, you know, yeah. all that. And I mean, it's like they th- throw porridge in there and let them eat it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, the way the description, the way this keeps reading and stuff, it, it's, it's just not the case. It seems more likely that he was basically under house arrest or basically a servant in the king's palace, in the king's area, all right, in the, like in the king's palace, yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, you got a big palace, you got, you know, not just for the king, but there, you know, a lot of people that are serving him, working for him, um, all kinds of things have to get done. Well, who are you going to get to do those things? You know, servants, slaves, prisoners, mm-hmm. you know? So instead of thinking about this as like, um, you know, some eight foot by eight foot cell that he's just sitting in rotting away, you know, don't think that was the case simply because it goes on to say this, um, where the he was placed where the prison the king's prisoners are confined and he was there in prison but the lord was with joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison and the keeper of the prison put joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison whatever was done there he was the one who did it the keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in joseph's charge because the lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. It seems like there's a lot going on if you're just thinking eight by eight foot prison cell, mm-hmm. right? I yeah, mean, who are you? More. Who are you putting in charge? Yeah, a prisoner right here. You be in charge of all those prisoners in other cells that they're not getting out of either. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um. And so. And we even see in the next chapter, it's where the cupbearer and the and the baker come in, you know, on the scene again, put down there by the king. Um, so it's it's odd to me, and and others have have said this, that Potiphar didn't throw him like in the dungeon kind of style prisons, or just kill him, right? He had ever, I mean, according to their laws and all that kind of, he could have just killed him. Mm-hmm. Instantly, and I'm thinking that if somebody was, it, if I was in charge and I had the right to say anything, I'd want I, I could do anything that I wanted to do to somebody, and I found out that they tried to rape my wife, I'm, I'm probably having them killed. I guess I, you know. Yeah. Um, especially in that in that day and age, in that culture, that kind of thing. Um, but he didn't do that. He actually put him in a different situation, but similar to what he was already in, in in the king's palace, their prison. Um, and Potiphar was in charge of like the jailer that's right there. Potiphar would have been in charge of him, mm-hmm. you know, because he was part of the king's guard. And so it's interesting that Potiphar did that. And some people have said that it might be because Potiphar didn't even really believe his wife. Yeah. Like he just didn't believe him. Um, 
I just think that's interesting. Not sure that there's anything that, that we really need to pull out of that. Um, except people know, you know, um, people, people know the kind of character other people have, even if they don't really want to admit it sometimes. Mm. Um, and so maybe even those people that you work around that, um, everything seems to just go find their, you know, go their way, even though they're lying, cheating still and all that kind of stuff. Um, they are either known or they will be known at some point. Yeah. So like my dad used to say, you cl- you keep your nose clean and, and let other people dig their own graves kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, well, yeah, you know, because there's, there's a victory here too, Jonathan, I think with, with Joseph, because, he said no to the temptation, mm-hmm. and God moved him past it. Yeah, even to to the place where he needed him to be to continue this plan. Yeah, exactly. So by Joseph saying no to temptation to sin, God was able to keep using him to the next level. Yeah, and you know, God used Potiphar in this situation. God was using Joseph, obviously. But if Joseph would have said yes, I'm not sure Joseph would have ended up in the king's right. prison. You yeah, know, he would have been probably dead. You know, yeah, if he had dead. gotten if he had gotten yeah. caught after yeah. the after the fact. Yeah, or yeah. just been in Potiphar. Like if he had never gotten caught, then yeah, he would have been in Potiphar's household mm-hmm. and and not been. It's kind of funny that he was put into the king's palace prison you know the the king's prison because even though and like you just said he was that much closer to where he was going to end up like even physically closer you know because mm-hmm. he ended up the the next chapter is is kind of you know with the kid with the baker and the cupbearer um that's how he went you know went up to to be in command um, those kind of things. So yeah, even, and so I know we're, we're kind of, I mean, this is kind of the landing, the landing of the plane Yeah. Uh, in some ways, you know, when we first started this, we were talking about how, um, just do the next right thing. Um, and how we see in Joseph's life that he just, he did the next right thing. There's no way that Joseph could have known that saying no to Potiphar's wife would have been, like you were saying, the next step in his journey to to being second in charge of Egypt. Yeah, there's no, yeah, know, no way he knew that. No way he knew that. What did he know? He knows I'm not sinning right here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sinning. I'm going to do the next right thing. I'm going to do this thing right in front of me. And... You know, I kind of wonder, like, how many of God's blessings have we missed because we didn't say no, mm. or we didn't, you know, we we did give into that temptation, even if we think it was something little and insignificant. You know, there, sin is dangerous. Oh, for sure. And, and a lot of times we don't give it enough credit for what it is. Um, but how many times do we miss? Now, don't email me talking about, you know, God's sovereignty and all that. I, I get that. God is sovereign. 
and God is in total control of what's going on. But I do believe there's many times we miss God's blessings and miss God's um, kind of best plans for us because of our sin, either because we do something that we shouldn't or because we don't do something that we should. Um, I think we just take it, I think we take way too lightly decisions that we make each day and how much impact they can have on the future. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and somebody could probably argue with this, but I was just sitting there thinking when you said that, that um, God can do whatever he plans to do with or without me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need me to be the catalyst for what he wants to do. Right. He has the power, the wisdom, everything to do it without me. But he wants to do it with me. Yeah. You know, and that, that takes right decisions. And I think that's what happened with Joseph here. Yeah. Joseph, I mean, the story's going to go on to some unique things. And God's going to do stuff with it. If he had done that stuff without Joseph. If he really, if, I mean, God's plan, he can do it without Joseph. But he chose to do it with Joseph, mm-hmm. and partly because he knew Joseph was going to say no to these temptations and yeah. and fight through it. And I just think that's it's really fascinating to me. Yeah, and one one kind of final final thought is, you know, you may look at that and be like, "Yeah, but man alive, I mean, Joseph suffered in some ways for something he was innocent of. You know, he he." Um, he suffered the consequences for something when, when he did nothing wrong, you know? Um, and that's, that's some of the hardest hurt that we can have is that when we, we truly are innocent in something and someone does something to us or we get punished in some way, somebody sins against us, um, whatever it might be, we're innocent, but we're we're kind of found guilty, you know, and, and either punished or, or, or hurt in some way. Um, just a reminder, we're, like I heard somebody say this kind of this way, we're in good company when that kind of thing does happen because that's where Jesus found himself on the cross. Yep. You know, he was getting punished for doing absolutely nothing wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it, I, I don't know that that makes it any, maybe any easier or any, um, in some ways, like, you know, an easier pill to swallow kind of thing. Um, but I think it can give us hope that our Savior even went through things, you know, by the hands of his father and by the hands of Roman soldiers um, by the hands of, of many who just hated him and did evil things to him when he had done nothing wrong. So we're in, we're in good company when we suffer for, for doing what's right. For sure, Jonathan. And, you know, uh, I'll just wrap up saying this. As much as we saw Joseph, his, his character and his stuff being causing blessing to those around him, uh, from the Lord just because of how he chose to live and people experienced that along him. That spiritual warfare there of just the exact opposite of the sin of someone can affect those around them as yeah. well. It's not just not just all internal. 
and um, and people, innocent people face the consequences of sinful people. Yeah, all the time. And like I said, but it's great to know we're in good company. And the one who took on the sin of of um, uh, 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 trillions of guilty people. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, one took it on. So, yeah, thank the good Lord for that one. Amen. So. Well, that's chapter thirty-nine. That's it, man. We when we start talking, we're like, where are we going to go with this? I wonder what what you know how this this path's going to go. But I think the Lord shared some things tonight, and I'm excited about that, and and grateful for what He does and and His role in all of this. You know, when you read yeah. His Word, and you talk about His Word, the cool thing about it is it's a living Word. It comes alive, and it can just present itself. And you can go read it again and read it again, and, and you're going to learn different things, and God's going to show you different things. Yeah through it each time and it's just exciting and that's what makes scripture so good yeah and that's why the It'd devil be, wants you to stay away from it so how much. cool would it be for for some of our listeners you know like do, here do us a favor uh, we've never asked anything like this before so i want you if if you've listened to this and and it's challenged you in any way or just taught you something any anything like that Find someone, it, whether they listen to the show or not, don't care. Find someone that you can call up and be like, hey, let's go grab lunch, let's go grab a cup of coffee, whatever. I want to talk about, the, you know, something. And just pull open the Bible and start reading through this and just talk this chapter out with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they've listened to the podcast, you know, they don't have to listen to the podcast. Don't care. Um, just talk about the Bible and talk about this this kind of story, and just talk it out with them, and, and just see where it goes. Um, I think that could be a, a great, just kind of a great thing for you to start doing um, as part of kind of a Bible study. You've just heard us sort of have a little Bible study right here, mm-hmm, you know. For sure, yeah. Um, so go do this with someone else. I think it'd be and and let us know about it. Like shoot us an email, shoot us, um, reach reach out to us on Facebook, something like that, and uh, let us know if you did that. I, I want to know how that went. It might even be a way um, that you could even start presenting the gospel to somebody. Is just say, hey, I listen to this podcast. They went over this. You know, well, I want to chat with somebody about it. You want to go? Yeah. And just hang out for a little while and, and chat about it. Good deal. Well. I don't even know. I don't keep track of how long we've been doing the show over here on this side of the huge Four desk. years. Four years. I mean, I'm talking about this particular episode. <laughs> but hey, it's probably been long enough. You probably got things to do. You probably got a journey to take. So we're going to let you go and just say thank you for listening. Thank you for four years. Gosh, yeah. Jonathan, Woo. happy anniversary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Happy anniversary. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> You're supposed to give me something. Oh, hmm. I don't know why you're getting hmm. me something. <laughs> yeah. I just made that really weird. But um, you know what? Forget it. Yeah, let's cut that part out. Happy podcast. Not really. <laughs> Starting podcast day. <laughs> That's right. But thank you all for listening. Hit us up on social media, all those types of things. If you'd like to show if it impacts your life, you want to share it with somebody, hey, you can. We won't even charge you to do it. Free That's of right. charge. Just go share it. Get the word out, help us uh, spread these messages, and hopefully more people will hear it and just start discussions, start people talking, and, and, and hopefully growing closer to God through it all. So, thank y'all. All right. Thank See y'all for soon. listening. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>